But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. Dude, dude, <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. <laughs> That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. This is episode 55 of the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Everett, happy Valentine's Day, my friend. You too, buddy. Much love to you. Much love to everyone who's joined us. Much love to our, our listeners. Um, and much love to the Discord community and everyone a part of the community. Always, always all the love on, on Valentine's Day. Also send the best, my best to Caitlin, uh, your fiance, because she is not spending valentine's day with you she's <laughs> you're spending valentine's day with me instead uh so send the best to, to her and it uh, goes for you and sam yeah the whatever it's a thrilling a thrilling tuesday night for valentine's day where uh their respective boyfriends fiances whatever are talking about volleyball while uh, while they just sit there so uh, yeah shouts to my fiance caitlin for waiting for me uh to do the show yeah and i mean this is pretty standard in my life anyways um, yeah, you know for, for years and years i was you know coaching and so valentine's day was always i was always coaching then again i was usually single um so a little bit a little bit different now uh as a valentine's day gift to the people everett uh and, and i didn't tell you i was going to do this but I, I hope i hope that you enjoy it i want to give the people something from when we were last together in austin and just kind of just kind of float it out there and see how it goes it's this oh no <laughs> oh no the glasses oh no <laughs> uh, oh no <laughs> you're welcome why would people. you let's, do that let's to look, me let's look at that again <laughs> oh this was pre-drunk stream. This was pre-drunk stream. For those for those who haven't seen it, you have to become a member uh, and go go check that out. Um, I, that, those were actually a gift from Caitlin. So once That's again, right. yeah. thank 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 you, Caitlin. Uh, and Rob did ha- he was wearing a similar glasses. Once again, you'd have to go over to uh, the drunk stream to. to oh yeah, to didn't, check those. we were wearing them at the start of the stream, weren't we? I forgot all. We about were wearing, that. yeah, we were wearing them for a while. That's one of the few things I remember. <laughs> I remember from that night. <laughs> oh well, I was I was scrolling through my my photo library. I'm like, you know what? I think we need to put this on the show. I think the people would, would love to oh, see this. So no, that was that 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 was that was cause for harassment on, and bullying. And I'm going to report you to one HR. More time. <laughs> Uh, amazing. Uh, this is, this is what happens when I when I control the assets of the show is that I, I get to throw in gems like this. Oh no, that is just brutal for me. Just brutal. All right, I, I Rob. expect that to be a Discord emoji very shortly. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, let, let's let's just jump into it uh, because it is. Another busy week in volleyball. We got plenty of Champions League. We got VNL news, and we got some some secret Norseka news. I think we're going to be breaking some some news on this very show. Allegedly, we are allegedly because you know it's nothing's nothing's uh, uh, for real yet. But first and foremost, we got to talk about the CEV Champions League and what is going to be a big day uh, tomorrow for a lot of reasons. First of all, we've got a lot of matches, but in what is it, it's it's a good. It's a good thing from a bad situation. The CEV is going to be allowing all of these matches to be free on the CEV YouTube. So you're going to be able to watch every single one of these matches free on the CEV YouTube 
And those are going to be in support of Save the Children. And all of that money is going to be going to um, the children in the uh, the the victims of the Turkey disaster, the earthquake that we saw last last weekend from from last week. Sorry. Um, so make sure you guys check out um, these matches. And it's, it's going to be a big day of volleyball. I am going to be driving all day, so I won't get to see any of it. Um, but I will get to see it when I when I come home. It is going to be a big day of volleyball. So we have some some questions answered about matches from last week pertaining to Turkish teams that uh, were rescheduled, reformatted, moved around a little bit. So the first two are two women's matches. So uh, the the last two matches in the sort of pool phase, the women's side, uh, are being played tomorrow. Uh, the rest of them were all played last week, and we can talk about kind of the pool situations. But um Fenerbahce versus Woj still needs to be played, and Vakif Bank versus Novara still needs to be played. Both really good games on the women's side mm-hmm. to just finalize the seeding as they go into that 11-team bracket. But uh, Vakif Bank versus Novara is being played at Novara. It was uh, scheduled to be in Turkey. That was obviously not played. So uh, Novara gets the benefit of playing Vakif Bank at home twice. Now, it didn't go that well for him last time, but uh, maybe they can steal one. And then Fenerbahce versus Woj, is on a neutral site, and of all places, it happens to be the Max Schmeling Hall in Berlin, Germany, where later on that day, uh, the Berlin Recycling Volleys will host another Turkish team, Zirat Bank Ankara. So uh, there's three, sort there's three matches, two men's, one women's that, that are pertaining to the the rescheduling with some Turkish teams. And it just so happens that two of those will be played in the same hall in Berlin. Yeah, I mean, that's an awesome uh, chance for Berlin fans to get to see some women's volleyball and some men's volleyball at the same time. If, back, I'm not mis- yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that there's a Bundesliga team, uh, like a women's Bundesliga team from Berlin or not any, any way, uh, not a good one. Um, so it's, you know, it's just a chance for, you know, Berlin fans to get to see men and women back to back in the same hall. So, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But Rob, I do think that this is going to be probably one of the best days of like women's and men's volleyball champions league volleyball combined that we're going to see this year other other than the finals than uh, the because finals. as as you mentioned both of those matches are are massive the Fenerbahce versus Lodge one is is going to determine who finishes second who, who finishes third within that pool and of course Friedrich Schaffen or sorry uh Vakif Bank versus Novara is is also going to be uh, another one but Rob what do you think about Zirat Bank uh, uh, Ankara only getting one shot that that game that should have been in home and home is now just a one game series. They're not playing on a neutral site. Like we're seeing the Fenerbahce versus Lodge match. It's just a straight up home match for Berlin. Winner moves on. What do you feel about that? Uh, it's, it's hard to argue that that's really balanced in, I mean, the Fenerbahce versus Woj, the, the those women's matches are still in the pool phase They're there. And all those teams, actually all four of those women's teams that are playing tomorrow are moving on anyway. So there's um, no tremendous risk for, for any of those four women's teams, uh, regardless of where they're playing and against who, but for zero punk in Berlin, this is a big deal because this is, this is single elimination bracket play from here on out. And you're supposed to get those two matches, uh, one at home, one away. Zirat Bank did not get that one at home, and that is not their fault. So the fact that the this is going to be a one-match do-or-die series and is being played in their opponent's home gym is a massive advantage for Berlin, and I don't know how you could argue that that's entirely fair. Yeah, no, me, me neither. And you know what? Either I think that there's two there's two options here. One, you could play just a one-game series in a neutral site but that does take away you know the ability to have 
have a, a home scenario, but I don't see why they're just not trying to schedule in two games this week. Of course, it's it's not ideal, right? But like, why don't they just find a, a, a neutral gym to play one of the games? As, as we have people in the chat saying in right now that, you know, Germany is like a second home for the Turkish national team and Turks in general. So why don't we have, you know, maybe a second site in Germany where you can play what is a quote-unquote home game for Zerat Bankasi. Maybe make that game a bit of a fundraiser as well too. Some of the door, you know, whoever's hosts it splits some of the door and uh, for, for themselves and they split it with, with the charity, like Save the Children or the Red Cross or, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I just think that it's, 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 I know it's, it's a tough situation, but like, come on, boomers and trench coats, let's get off our ass and let's, let's, let's make some difficult decisions and let's make some things happen here. I, I like that idea a lot. That makes that makes plenty of sense. It makes a lot more sense than taking a one-match series and not playing in a neutral site. What they really should have done, push the entire series back a week. Looking at the Champions League schedule, we've got we've got all the the, the, uh, the second leg of those playoff series. So Tours at Friedrichshafen and Zabierche at Zaxa. Those are tomorrow. The oh, next oh. round of Champions League on the men's side isn't for three weeks. Oh, what? The quarterfinals yeah. are the quarterfinals aren't for three weeks. So there is, there is no reason we couldn't have taken one, one of those other Wednesdays between now and the weekend of March 15th. Some, some of those series even start four weeks from now. There's no reason we couldn't have just like taken that Xerox Bank game that was supposed to be in Ankara last week, play in Berlin tomorrow as scheduled, play the Xerox Bank game in Ankara next week, and keep the two-match series the way it was. There's plenty of time. They, there's not, they're not trying to squeeze it in so they can start the next round. There's like three weeks until it starts. So there's yeah. no reason for them to have taken that game away entirely unless there was some massive scheduling conflict in Ankara, which I, I can't really foresee. No, especially how everything's up up in the air now. And I know they, they aren't playing any sports uh, in Turkey at the moment, but still, um, especially, especially like, and this is a completely selfish reasoning as a, as a fan, this is going to be a damn good series, right? These are two teams that I, I find going to be very equal. And I, I would love to see them go toe-to-toe, but... On the other side, you know who is you know who's got the biggest chip on their shoulder, and you know who's going to be going into that game guns a blazing tomorrow. You know who's going to be representing their country is going to be Zirat Bank Ankara. They are going to make it a fun one, and it like I I'm upset I can't watch it. I, I really am. I'm I'm going to be driving. Maybe I just pop that one on on the uh, on the wheel as I go. Yeah, I'm only going to get to catch the first maybe half of the first set because I'm calling tours with Friedrichshafen, which starts only half an hour later. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of catching up to do. It is cool that the CV is putting these all on YouTube for free. That is a nice gesture, but there's a lot of the things about how this was handled that I think could have been done a lot better. And we're getting a point in the chat that I didn't know that the Fenerbahce Woods game in Berlin won't have any spectators at it. And that doesn't make for any sense security at all. Security reasons. That doesn't make sense. That's garbage. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, boomers, boomers, boomers. Come figure on, it out. Yeah, I figure think, I, it out. I think we have to give our figure it out award of the week presented by Vera Volley Malonza to the entire <laughs> CEV organization. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, they do a little, little bit of good for just a lot of boneheaded boneheaded moves. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But we, we do have five great matches tomorrow. They are all significant. Uh, Xavier Che at Zaxa is a massive one. That's at noon Eastern. I will be able to watch... Hopefully most of that one. Uh, remember, we talked about it on last week's show. Zaxa won the first leg on the road 3-0. So the worst that they can do is play a golden set at home. 
And then uh, we didn't talk about Tours versus Friedrichshafen last week because it was on Wednesday. Um, it wasn't as good of a match as we were hoping it would, it would be because Tours' starting setter, Zelko Chorich, got hurt in warm-ups. And to, like, if your starting setter's hurt, that's, that's one thing. But for your starting setter to get hurt right before the match when you're preparing on having him play is, is really a difficult thing to come back from. So Friedrichshafen won 3-0 on the road, and now Hoffen will host Tours tomorrow. Uh, and the worst they can do is go to go to a golden set. And I don't know if Tours Setter is going to play, but if he doesn't, I, I would I would think that match is not going to be all that competitive. So that's kind of a bummer. That series should have been better than it was. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I would agree. Um, to be honest, I'm not really putting much stock to this Zaxa versus Avierci match. I think that one's going to be another quick three dong. Just the way they dominated in the last match and and the way that Zavierce has been has been playing of late. I don't see that one being a big one. I see Zaxa kind of picking up some more steam as, as they go. Let's take a look at the bracket again while we can. So remember that that Zirat Bank versus Berlin winner of that one match series in Germany advances to take on Perugia. Uh, we all know how that one's probably going to go, but regardless, getting to the final eight of Europe is a big deal. Uh, Zaxa versus Avierce winner advances to take on Trentino. If it is Zaxa, like I agree with you, Everett, I think it probably will be. Uh, that'll be, I mean, yet another Zaxa versus Zaxa versus Trentino matchup and the third and fourth matches that they'll play against each other this tournament already. And then Tours versus Friedrich, Friedrichshafen, that winner advances to take on Yashimsky. That, of all the quarterfinal series, could have the most upset potential, maybe, uh, depending on how JSW is playing on that particular day. But um, nobody's beaten Perugia in that quarterfinal um, Zaxa versus Trentino will be good, and then Hawkbank versus Lube. Uh, we already know that matchup. That's going to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm just excited for the rest of the Champions League, uh, no matter what. Um, but especially that Hawkbank versus Lube matchup. I mean, Lube hasn't been fantastic so far this this year, and I really like that that Hawkbank team. I rate them a lot. Maa, I think he's I think he's like just on the outside of a top 10 setter in the world, the way he's been playing recently. Uh, and the addition of Thomas Jaski, I think, it th- I think it's going to be good. I think it will too. So that one's uh, that one starts March 7th. That one's a week before the other quarterfinal series. And obviously we'll talk about it when it comes closer, but uh, yeah, that, that just one more look at the schedule for champions league tomorrow. All the matches live on CEV for free you, on YouTube, which is great. Uh, there are already schedules. You can check out the times in, in your time zone. And I'm sure the discord will be popping off about all this. Yeah, absolutely. Before we we move on, do we want to t- touch on CEV Cup a little bit? Yeah, because sure. I, I there was there was some the, some big stuff. Most notably on the men's side, Montpellier with a three one upset over Piacenza last week, which was absolutely. We, didn't we talk about that one last Tuesday? Did, I, th- I think we did. Oh, you, we may have. You're the, right. It was, other, it was the seventh. It was the seventh. Yeah. But the other three, I mean, Carlo Varsco beating Scrab Elkatov in five. I didn't know that. Yeah, that 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 one's that one's massive, and we have um, all of those all of the return matches. Well, three of the four are going to be played uh, tomorrow as well. So um, Montpellier will be visiting Piacenza, which I think I think should be a, a, a big match. And then on the women's side, we've also got Thy going to be visiting Busto Arcesio. Thy won that first round three nothing, but they also just fired fired their head coach Marcello Abondanza. So. That should be another interesting matchup as well in the CEV Cup. 
Yeah, great point. I remember last week somebody faked us into thinking that that second leg had already been played, but no, it got rescheduled to tomorrow. So uh, that's uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, it looks like. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of really good CV volleyball tomorrow. I kind of like how they, I, I kind of like European volleyball in the middle of the week. I think it's cool. I think like Super Lega, Plus Liga, Lega Volley Feminile on the weekends is cool. And then CV in the middle of the week is kind of nice. I'm, I'm getting nicely uh, into the rhythm of that. Yeah, I mean, that's like a typical European sports schedule. Like, that's how mm -hmm. soccer does it. You play domestic leagues on the weekend, and then you play Champions League, Europa Cup, uh, whatever. It, what Europa League, sorry, whatever, throughout the, the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I like that vibe. I really do. Cool. All right, uh, that it for CEV. Want to move on to Italy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because we almost saw, Rob, we almost saw Perugia lose. Almost. But we didn't. We didn't. It was the first time in the regular season that they did go to five. Uh, Trento and Perugia, of course, a classic, uh, classic matchup. Uh, we haven't seen it as much this year as, as we did last year. Uh, and Trento is one of the only teams to have taken them to, to five so far this year. We final uh, of Supercoa. Lube was the other one to do it in the finals. But that was a pretty damn good match. But uh, unfortunately, I'd have to say the Cuban Jesus Herrera was absolutely unbelievable. I think he had like what twenty-seven points, eight aces in the match. It was absolutely ridiculous. Twenty-five points, eight aces, three blocks, yeah. fourteen kills. Eight aces is completely insane. That that is that is rare, rare stuff. Yeah, it, it was something else. But you know what, Trento pushed them. I mean, you had Perugia classically losing the first set. They've been doing that recently, and I they think do that a lot. <laughs> You know, I think that just, I think maybe, maybe that just takes them a little get, bit to get up. Um, and after sets two and three, like I even fell asleep through, through a bit of a little bit uh, of set four. I was a little bit hungover. Um, so I was trying to stay up through that match was, it was a little difficult, but man, Trentino, like when that team is, when is going, they've just got weapons everywhere. Yeah, and this is also without Stretsko Lisanats. He's been hurt for about two weeks, maybe. So Vout here got the start, played pretty well. Uh, two aces as well, which is surprising. He's not that much of a threatening server. But I, I'm mostly interested in the result of this because of Perugia's strategy. Now, remember, they've had the number one seed locked up for weeks now. They don't need to win any game for the rest of the Super League or regular season. And they've been picking and choosing when to play some of the starters, when to play very few of the starters. I mean, they're obviously still undefeated. They have that on the line, but that's low priority. They played pretty much what I would say is their entire starting lineup in this match. Uh, and that includes Jesus Herrera starting at opposite over Camille Rickliski. And that, that opposite position we've said all year is their one potential area of vulnerability. I'm fascinated to see the 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 choices that Anastasi makes at that position um, going into the rest of the regular season to, to try and peak at the right time in playoffs and Champions League. And if Herrera, like I've been calling all year, is actually going to take over that starting spot full-time in meaningful matches. I'm curious to see how that goes. I mean, I think that Herrera's efficiency is... Like, let, let's, let's be real, though. He only scored 14 points offensively. Right, and nine errors. And, like his, and, his and, and nine errors. His his offensive numbers aren't that great. Nine errors is absolutely massive. And Richlicky is he's not going to give you that plus side of of the aces. He's a I would say a better blocker than Herrera. Um, but he's going to be more steady and he plays within that system. But at the end of the day, it just gives Perugia so many scary looks. And especially if if Herrera is is teeing off like that, um, 
it's a little bit scary. That one clip um, oh, that, that they show no. where you can just see the curve. Vicious. Oh, man, that is absolutely, it's like he slices it. It's just, just straight up disgusting. Yeah, to have him and Ole Plotnitsky on the same team, like those, those have to be the two best left-handed servers in the world right now, I would think. That is, that is so evil to play against. Yeah, I would say so. And Romano when he's hot too. Hey, Romano when he's hot though. That's like, good. When thing. when Romano is, is, is hot. Um speaking wanna, of Romano, yeah. I, I, I won't before we move on from Perugia, how about this Wilfredo Leon stat line? Just a casual seventeen for twenty eight. No big deal. Well over fifty percent efficiency. Another day at the office for the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean best best player in the world. He is the LeBron James of volleyball. That it it is what it is. Yep. All right, um, let's move on. We because we mentioned Piacenza uh, a little bit earlier, and Romano uh, was actually lights out this weekend. He was sixteen for twenty six. Only one error got blocked one time. He had uh, two blocks and an ace for for nineteen points to lead Piacenza over Milano. Piacenza continues this up and down season. Same thing uh, with Milano. Man, Milano just looks good sometimes, and then not so good. And then good sometimes, and then not so good. The The difference here was that Piacenza got both their starting outside hitters back. It's the first time in months that Lucarelli and Leal have both started a match and played every set. Lucarelli was out for a long time with that hand injury. Uh, Leal was out for most of the month, like late part of December and month of January. And Piacenza with a revolving door at outside hitter was never going to have that much success. And now it's the first time maybe all year that I'm looking at a stat sheet of theirs and seeing the same starting lineup all four sets. That That's a good sign for them to be a little bit more stable. And uh, Leal was unbelievable, 14 for 20 with no errors. So a uh, great sign for them. Yeah, whereas on the other side of the net, that P2 position really uh, proven to be a problem. Magdarejo, not so great in the first two sets. They bring in about a poor. He wasn't fantastic either. Also, just not much going on down the middle. Um, for like f- uh, for Milano, Augustin Lozare, you're only giving him like nine looks over the match. That's 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 not fantastic. Milano needs to figure out their setting situation. Of course, that can't be done until yeah. uh, in, until the off season. And then who do you bring in? Right? It's it's uh, it's tough to say. Great question. Matteo Piano was was hurt for this one too. He didn't play. So Marco Vitelli started in the middle. And I've I've always thought that he's extremely average. Um, huge fan of Lozare, but. Um, if you don't, if you have a setter who can't even set Jean Patry the ball, you're likely not going to have that much in the way of middle attack. And I think I did say this even at the very beginning of the year that the, the best thing about Loser as an offensive attacker is these really sophisticated approach paths that he runs and these drift patterns to get him mm-hmm. separated from opposing blockers, like the yep. stuff that that Simone used to run with Tacheco all the time. And the stuff yeah. that, that Losser runs with to check on the national team. If you think Paulo Poro is the caliber of setter who can run that style of offense in the middle, you've you are crazy. You're sorely mistaken. Yeah, right. That, abs- ab- absolutely. And uh, you know, you're just not seeing the passing from from Milano right now. Only thirty three percent positive. That is not good. Right. That's like that's under that's averaging under a two pass for sure. That's Has to that's be. That's that's absolutely brutal. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a bad news bears for uh, the club out of Milano. All right, uh, a few other uh, notable ones. Moans picking up big win over Sterna. Arthur Schwartz was the MVP in that one. He dropped twenty points and he came off the bench in sets one and two. Like he was just a sub in in sets uh, one and two, and he has been absolutely unreal uh, for Milano or sorry Monza. 
uh, so far in the past six matches is, is when he's really been the starter. He has 84 points now in the 22 sets in the past six matches. And that's, uh, yeah, 84 points of his 111 wow. so far this season. So he has been swinging at about a, a, a 3.8 points per set clip. Um, last week was his one of his worst games all year, but he has been fantastic since then, and it really bodes well for for Team Canada this summer with Schwartzy figuring it out on the on the right side over there. And his efficiency is actually higher than Grozier's right now. That's true. Yeah, sixteen for twenty five in this four set win over Chisterna off the bench, only three errors. That's that's remarkable. It's just over fifty percent efficiency. Um, I, I don't want to hear Ronnie Cuban Spike talking trash about Arthur Schwartz in the chat. He's um, as, as good and as consistent as anybody on the Cuban roster. Also, th- this performance by Schwartz was sparking a discussion both on Instagram and in the Discord about what position Schwartz should play for Team Canada. How could you possibly argue that he shouldn't play opposite? It is completely no, it's insane to, to, to suggest that he would play middle. What's the point? No, absolutely. It's like it, it's such a hole for Team Canada right now without totally. Sh- without Schwan Vernon Evans. You know, he'll be doing some something else this summer probably. Sclater. Um, He's playing in just United Arab. He's Emirates, playing in the right? UAE. Yeah, there UAE. He's just not not getting the reps, uh, and we kind of saw his level level go down. I think Schwartz is the opposite, and I think the way we're seeing, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, I think the way we're seeing some other guys play in the middle right now, um, there's there's plenty of good talent coming coming up in the middle. But uh, yeah, one thing I do want to talk about is that marathon that happened of uh, Verona versus Padova, nineteen yes. seventeen in the fifth. Uh, Verona took it. I really wanted to see the karma hit Stoichev, that stooge, and the rest of the Verona, not team, because I actually like that team. I really love Rock Mozic. I love Nomori Keita. Gord Perrin out the door. But for pushing Gord Perrin out the door, Gord Perrin has left Verona. He's signed back with Novosibirsk, uh, uh, apparently. So I really wanted to see that uh, just karma hit them. Uh, but if unfortunately it didn't, it would have hit them in a reverse sweep too, which would have been even sweeter. But it it didn't happen. Uh, Verona with the three two win, but still, that th- th- these 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 five set wins for Verona aren't going to help them down the stretch. Right, but the one point for Padova will help them a lot. A second point, if they had gotten uh, over the finish line, the reverse sweep would have helped even more. But uh, we'll look at the standings in a second. But that one point for the relegation race is going to be pretty huge. Hey, uh, <laughs> Everett, you want to play our favorite game? Whose stat line is this? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and you already know the answer. Six for 18, seven errors, three aces benched in the in the second set. It must be Dusan Petkovic. Uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> sure we need enough. we need to change it up. We need to change it up a little bit because whenever you ask me that question, it's always Dusan Petkovic. I know, but his stat lines are so funny and they're just so him. It's just so him every time when you when you see a, a line like that with a lot of volume and a million errors. It's hilarious. So yeah. they go down 2-0 uh, and then they bench they bench Petkovic for some character named Tommaso Guzzo on the right side who I've never heard of. And they almost reverse sweep a team that's way more talented than them. So good for Padova for grabbing a point. Yeah, um, Verona, this was interesting for them. They played the same lineup the entire match until the fifth, where they moved Namori Keita, who was on the right side, the way we've been kind of asking for all season. In the fifth set, they moved Keita back to the left, put Magalini on the bench, brought in Maxim Sapochkov, who went a casual nine for 11. So maybe, maybe you've got like a closing pitcher situation there with the big Russian guy. I don't mind it. Yeah. 
I, I don't mind it because all of a sudden, like, especially like, especially in that situation, you're on the verge of getting reverse swept. You need to make something drastic. And right. yes, putting a seven foot two guy up against the up against the left side is something drastic for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really a, a crazy, crazy decision. Who would ever think to do that? Uh, point in the chat. Davide Gardini also came off the bench and outside hitter for Padova, which uh, I noticed in the stat sheet played decently well. His passing numbers were horrible, however, but did get four aces. So uh, whatever. Good for Padova. They got a point. Uh, but Verona is Verona's better than Padova. I don't think that's really very arguable. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you. Whoa, Gardini, 20 points, though. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not yeah. bad. Not bad. A lot, of, a lot of production, total uh, reliability or liability and reception, though. Yeah, for sure. Ran uh, well, not bad with eighteen points. So, man, this this Padova team, it's 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 going to be interesting, especially with with the, the playoff race or the relegation race as it is right now. It's uh, it is it's interesting. So last but not least, the team very much in the mix in the relegation race is Toronto, who um, took on Modena without Eric Lepke. Did take a set, but couldn't take a second one to get any points. Modena wins three to one. Yeah, uh, so looks like Stephanie at least dressed though, which is good. Okay, that is good. But oh man, I don't know that that new kid Ibrahim Lawani. I really, really like him. I, I, I really do. Uh, on the left, he forty two. That is a lot of volume. A lot of volume, but he can handle it. Uh, yeah. On the Lepke, on the Lepke front, though, nothing really to worry about. He just had a bacterial infection. That's that's why he wasn't dressed and, went, and wasn't playing. Um, he said he should be back for for next week. So good, good um, news. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually we got a. Um, I've scheduled the podcast with him coming up uh, next oh, week. Awesome. So make sure make sure to check check that out because he has been having the best season of his career so far. So we're definitely going to have to to talk to him about that. And Burkai, you're right. Rinaldi was insane in this match. He's like, you know what? I think we gave Rinaldi a lot of flack at the beginning of the season. Uh, and I think we kind of have to eat our, eat our words a little bit because he has really, he has really come on well. Yeah, five aces. He was by far the best server in the match for either team. And that's not not something we really expected from him. Not, not a strength that I ever really identified in this game. But he was good offensively too. And it's it's weird for a guy with that career arc and the, the, you know, all the hype surrounding him as a prospect as he was coming up through the Modena system to be sort of the, the hinge point of that Modena team. Cause when they're good, it's because Rinaldi is good. And a lot of times when they're bad, it's because one or both of their outside hitters are bad. And uh, this time Tommaso Rinaldi was awesome. Uh, Inga Pet really good as well. So Modena is going to play to their peak ability when uh, their reception unit works and when their offense runs. With Rinaldi's how he's been this year, do you think he gets a sniff at Italy this summer? Like, uh, would you would you pick a Rinaldi over Recine? Yeah, I'd probably pick him over a Recine just because of size, and Recine doesn't really bring anything. I mean, he doesn't really bring anything more offensively than Rinaldi does. They're both um, pretty average in that area. I think it would go Micheletto, Lavia, Botolo in that order, and then yeah, so. either Rinaldi or. Or Recine, who knows? Yeah, I mean, even last year we saw Gardini uh, in in there as well bit. for um, like we saw him in Ottawa at, at VNL, and I think when it, there was no Micheletto or, or Lavia, is that is that correct for for Italy? Uh, that's right. Yeah, we did see yeah. him a little bit. So we 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 saw him there, but yeah, I think that with the, with the Ray Rinaldi's been playing, he should definitely be get a look at uh, at the national team. Fair enough. Let's look at the standings, shall we? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because the standings, I mean, it's much the same. 
for the first time all season, Perugia doesn't get the f- full three points, but it doesn't really matter as they've already locked up that first place. Modena still sitting in second. I think they might get away with it. I still think Trentino is a better team, but somehow they, they had some early season uh, tumultuousness. But when you look down at, at the rest of it, there is just carnage. Lube, who surprisingly enough didn't play against Siena. Do you, do you know anything about that? I, just I, think, I think it was a COVID postponement. Oh, uh, weirdly enough, not that there's any any cause for alarm. Uh, COVID is is just part of our daily lives now. We're we're kind of over panicking about it, but uh, that match was was postponed. It'll be made up. Let's see on the schedule if that's set yet. Uh, no, it's not. That they'll have to find a date to make that up. But uh, that obviously that matters with Siena not having played all those matches. Not that they were going to beat Lube, maybe, but maybe they grab a point and separate from Toronto a little bit. Who knows? I don't know, man. Siena has been one of the hottest teams in in this in 2023, and Lube has been one of the worst. So that was good one point. that I was I was looking looking forward to. Yeah, good point. So coming up this weekend, as we look at the standings, Toronto versus Siena head to head is absolutely huge and could straight up decide the relegation race. Especially if you assume that Siena might lose to Lube. Those two teams dead tied at the bottom right now with 14 points. Uh, Siena does have a better match win loss record right now. But if Toronto beats them head to head, points obviously is the main tiebreaker. If Toronto wins, uh, they jump out of relegation position. So that match is enormous. Um, Perugia, Cisterna, whatever. Lube versus Piacenza, maybe. Could I, I be a... that, yeah, I think that one could could be good once again. Has Lube won a game in, in 2023? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, they did. They beat they beat Chistern, uh last weekend or the weekend before. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just uh, one. but but still, that's like one for three in the Super Liga uh, so far. So I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on this on this Lube team right now, and uh, I mean we we haven't been able to see them in a while. So it it, it it'll be interesting. But uh, oh, people saying only... in the chat that the Siena Lube game in Siena was was canceled because of a the potential for an earthquake. A tiny little earthquake alarm went off, and they didn't want. Uh, people in a all, a bunch of people in a structure, so they postponed the game. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one before. Pro- probably reactionary to the Turkey situation. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, we've already we've already lost too many lives to to an earthquake in in recent times. So it's better to to err on the side of caution in in, in that case. Yep, totally. So uh, I don't see a whole lot of potential for movement this weekend because Chisterna is not going to beat Perugia to jump into playoff position. Um, but everything else, uh, I mean, I guess we'll just catch up on it next week. See, Siena Toronto, honestly, is the game I'm most excited to watch, weirdly enough. I mean, that Lube Piacenza matches, like those two teams are tied, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. So, so that that could could figure figure some things out there. And who's Verona playing? Verona's going to be played in Modena. And once yeah. again, Modena, I'm just, there's there's just so up and down, right? It, it really depends on if they decide to play that day. I do think that they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. And Lagumgia has been has been lights out the season. As we said, Ronaldo's been getting better. Um, but still, Verona is a team that I think on their best, Verona can play with anyone. I agree, but on their worst, they can lose to anyone in the they league. They can lose to anyone, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 100%. The Stoichev effect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Toronto Siena is on Saturday, by the way. Uh, every other match on Sunday, like we're used to. Okay, fair enough. Let's uh, let's wrap this up and move, move to the women because the, the women the women was was quite spicy uh, this weekend. We talked about a few matches and those ones were some big upsets. If you look down at the middle there, Bergamo taking it three one against Navarra, and then Bizonte Firenze taking it three nothing against Chieri. I watched a little bit of that one, and I mean 
they just look so much better. They're four and zero since they four and zero since they've added Malinov at the setting position, and you know Firenze is becoming one of the hottest teams in the, on the uh, women's side here in Italy. Yeah, that was a huge win. Uh, that was very big for Firenze to get very much in the mix in the playoff position, and uh, Bergamo great win as well. You, I, I can't. I, we got to say we can't say this enough this year. If you're American and you've been watching. Uh, the Lega Volley Femile this year, you've got to be scratching your head like I am. Why is Kalia Lanier not in the national team, Jim? That girl is having an awesome year. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, she has been lights out uh, so far. And I mean, I think what, like, what did she score? Like 27 this week, this, this weekend? Maybe not, but she she scored a lot. I know volleyball report was posting about her um, the, this weekend. Awesome. Also, big shout out to volleyball report. Uh, that's an awesome Instagram account that does such a good job covering the women's game and they have some off awesome graphics and stuff like that. So you guys should g- definitely go check them out, uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Lanier 23 for 40, only three errors, 50% efficiency, go, 50% efficiency on volume like that. in the women's game is insane. That's phenomenally good as like a primary scorer and, it's Bergamo is fun to watch because they'll chuck her high balls in position six. Like it, when, when in doubt, they don't love their opposite position because the, they've got kind of two characters who have both played uh, Lorena and uh, Georgia Frosini. And yeah, Lorena was bad, made way too many errors, but they, they, they threw out of system balls to Khalil Lanier in the middle of the court to take on triple blocks. And she, first of all, rarely makes errors, but a lot of times scores points in those situations. She's having a very, very good year. And I, would be very upset if Karch wasn't noticing that. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? Both of those wins for Bergamo and and Firenze just makes that 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 and bottom playoff race in Italy so interesting uh, because Bergamo won and Pusto won and Firenze won, so they all get the full three points as well too. And they all just just keep moving up. Uh, they're creating some separation. And yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting down the stretch, especially with Casa Maggiore losing to Perugia. Yeah, just, that was it's a just bad crunching one. everything in the in the uh, standings there for the Lega Volley Feminelli. That was a big one, but a bad one. Huge win for the for Perugia to move out of relegation position. Let's look at uh, let's look at the standings. Yeah, so Perugia is basically clear now, uh, unless Macerata and Pinarolo can grab a win somewhere. Those two teams are not good. I don't see that happening unless they play each other. Uh, yeah, Firenze is on the doorstep of the playoffs. Volafolia has dropped out. Uh, Cuneo is slipping down pretty badly. Um, Kieri is, let's see. Wow, even after the loss, they're still striking distance with Novara because of Novara's loss. Man, that, that is a really, really packed playoff picture, maybe even more so than the men's. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I would say, I mean, the men's is, is, Actually, I don't know. It's 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 tough to say. There's just more teams on the on the women's uh, on the women's side as as well too. Yeah, there, there's basically nine teams playing for eight spots on the men's side, and I think on the women's side there are more. I would say Volafolia still has a chance. Maybe even Cuneo still has a chance because they have so many matches left. They've got way more matches left in the season than the men do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to some of the matches this weekend. There's going to be a big one from uh, Kieri uh, against no- Novara on Saturday. 
that one's definitely going to be watched. Also, we have a relegation uh, match with uh, Pinarolo taking on Perugia. Of course, that, that would be a big opportunity there for Pinarolo to uh, make some ground. If they got the three points, they'd still be two points shy. But still, um, that's a good one. Castelmajor is going to be taking on Conigliano on Sunday. Valfolia uh, against Milano. Um, Busto against Bergamo. That could be a big, yeah, uh, a big one. That if Busto can pick up a win against Bergamo there, uh, that would put them um, even, even. And then on Tuesday, um, man, Firenze has to play two games in like four days. On what was it? Yeah, it looks like on Tuesday they have to t- take on uh, Cuneo, and then the Saturday after that Saturday. they take on Valfoli. What's up with that? What's up with the Tuesday game? Didn't we just have one too? I think Scandici played Pinarolo yesterday. Yeah, Why yeah. Is there a Monday game? And like the lately, Fimili is turning into the Plus Liga right now. All, games, <laughs> all, all throughout the week. Uh, speaking of the Plus Liga, uh, I, I, I have that asset up ready to go next. You want to talk about Poland? Can we can we drop drop a quick uh, add to that volleyball.store real quick before Certainly we can. do? Yeah, absolutely. If you guys want to look good like me, I know I have my sweater here somewhere. Um, but it, oh yeah, here we are. Um, if you want to look good like me, or grab some of our uh, crap as I pull it here, our nine by nine squared merch. Actually, actually, I went to a pub run this weekend, Rob. Um, where you run from pub to pub to pub, and I wore some nine by nine merch, and uh, I got some I got some funny comments about the spicy volleyball. Um, <laughs> the spicy volleyball is a great logo. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just steering some of my running friends over to that volleyball dot store, and if you're a fan of this show, you should go check that out as well. Let's head over to that volleyball dot store. Use the code spicy for fifteen percent off. If you're in Canada, it just takes care of your tax. It's a lot of tax north of the border, eh? Uh, yeah, still celebrating 10,000 YouTube subscribers and 1,000 Discord members. So shout outs to you all. And it's Valentine's Day. Uh, maybe, Hopefully, maybe some of you watching things get a little spicy for you. So uh, use, use that code for 15% off. Um, absolutely. And yes, Rob, now let's jump over to the Plus Liga because there was some fun going on in the Plus Liga this weekend. Uh, most notably, Vorshova, which has been the hottest team right now, kind of in men's volleyball. You'd have oh, yeah. to say, other than Perugia, of course. Other than um, but like eight wins in a row, they've won ten of the ten of their last eleven. They win three one over JW. That was an absolutely massive one uh, from the team for the team from the capital. Also, Kuprin Lubin with a three two win over Scrub Belchatov uh, to pull themselves uh, even further out of the rege- relegation race. But we saw the. T- Team North America, almost, let's call it, because we got Jake Haynes and Dalton Sanoski teaming up for Bielska Biala, um, and they got a nice win. That team has been something else since the uh, addition of Arasto Sanj. Massive, massive uh, addition. And Jake Haynes, another 26-point performance in this one. He's looking good. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, they do get two points. I'm not not totally sure it's going to be enough, but uh, it, it is cool to see Arashto Sanj get to get to start somewhere. He hasn't really gotten to do that in a couple of years. Uh, Dalton Sanoski actually started the fourth set, so you might be talking about Jake Haynes' numbers, but he couldn't stay on the floor because he was busy making eleven errors. Yeah, not not the best numbers um, from Jake Haynes, but hey, you win some, you lose seventeen percent efficiency. As if I haven't been telling the volleyball world about this man all along. 
Yeah, I mean, not. let's not look at let's not look at Dalton's efficiency though. There, um, <laughs> so minus minus fifty six percent. So oops, yeah, oops, oops. Is, uh, it, want, is, it, is it big oops? I want to look at the numbers from Vershava versus JSW a little bit more. Uh, I'm noticing that Benjamin Tony Uti only started the first set. I wonder if he got hurt. Uh, that that would certainly explain why Yashimsky didn't play all that well. Amy Terraporti came in in the first, started the rest of the match. Uh, who played opposite? Tell me it wasn't Hadrava. Okay, good. It wasn't Hadrava. He only came off the bench just a little bit. Uh, Yuri Glotter was good. Stefan Boyer uh, got blocked six times. That's certainly not going to do it. Uh, Kevin Tilly for Vershava was phenomenal offensively. Didn't pass the ball very well. Arthur Schalpuk is having a great sort of comeback Rob, season. Yeah, so real quick. At the beginning of the year, we were all about comeback player of the year, Stefan Boyer. I am rescinding that award and I'm giving it across the net to Arthur Schalpuk because that is a dude. I mean, that's a dude who was quote unquote, one of Heinen's favorites in the, the, for the 20, uh, the 2018 world championship run. And then he just disappeared. He hasn't been on a Polish roster since, you know, everyone said he was washed, but the dude has been unreal. 21 points in this one. What is he? What? 21 for 30, 63% efficiency. That's absolutely unreal. Does he make things difficult for Nikola Gerbic and the Polish national team looking at, at, at this summer, looking at the Olympic qualifiers? Because, okay, you've got the one-two, right? You've got the one-two, and it's, it's, it's the best duo in the world, right? It's arguably the one-two best left sides. But then you've got Slivka, and then you've got for now you've got Kolik, and now you've got Schalpuk as, uh, as well. Like, and Bednors. Uh, yeah, that is, I mean. And Bednors. Oh, my God. Goodness, hey, for can, we have two, can we have two Polish teams, please? And they you know, basically, like we, they have enough outside hitters for it. I mean, they have the, the most ridiculous depth of that position. No matter what happens, that decision for Nikola Gerbic is going to be hard. I'm fascinated to see what he does for VNL. I mean, we saw a lot of the bench, a couple of the bench characters uh, last year at VNL. Fornal was the only guy um, who played it all at World Championships that we saw in Ottawa week one. And we'll talk about and Ronnie keeps complaining that we haven't talked about VNL yet. We obviously will. We're getting there, Ronnie. Yeah, relax. But yeah, Hold maybe, maybe Schalpuk gets back into the mix. It's uh, Anything's possible, and you better believe the Polish national team is, is... I would say that they're less affected by dumb roster politics than most countries. I think that they... They really use their league and use the league performances as a as a stepping stone and as a barometer for national team talent. And if there's a guy who had a great year in the Plus Liga and could help the national team, there's no reason that he can crack that lineup again. Yeah, hundred percent. I think just too because they have like the majority of their their team plays in Poland, right? Um, only Italy is 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 like that, um, right? C- comparatively, um, but yeah, they're they're truly like you know a Team USA basketball or a Team Canada hockey situation where they can literally have the 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 pick of the litter in terms of some of the the best players. Like you know, in Italy, there's a pretty st- steep drop off after you know even after the first two. You go to Botolo, okay. After that it's a question but man like poland is like eight deep on the left side of good guys you've got plenty of guys like bolage uh and uh carl, carl butrin as, as well who can do some some great things on the right side jan Ferley was was fantastic for them so yeah poland just just i think that the the foreigner rules has really helped polish volleyball really really thrive yeah and that's kind of that's always a double-edged sword like do you does your does your league suffer without the foreign talent 
at the cost of developing your domestic talent. And for the Plus League, it seems to have worked out both ways. Yeah, 100%. So it's it's it's, it's been fun to watch this year. Um, but I do truly think right now that Zoxa is the best team in Poland at the moment. They got a nice 3 nothing win over Lviv. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm still picking Rosovia, uh, despite the curse. I, I, I still am picking Rosovia. I really like that team, even with Matsya Muzai on the right side, who I don't like at all. I think Rosovia is just, they've been the most steady team. But when you look at that roster, like... DJ, DJ DeFalco has been in having an absolutely unreal season, and I 100% give him that. But, meh. The rest of that roster is is just meh. You know? It, it, it's, it's just meh. For me, it's as, as long as you've got Drizga setting, it's just going to be meh. Like, yeah, come playoffs, come playoffs is, is he going to be able to, to lead that team, right? Jakub Kofunowski has essentially been, like, He's just been meh. Why? Because Drizga's dishing the butter. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, Ronnie has a question, and I, I, I hate to agree with him on this. Is he the only one that thinks Camille Semenyuk in Perugia has been unper- underperforming in comparison to last year, and now he relies more on team results to stay relevant? I have noticed that uh, that Camille Semenyuk's numbers in the Super League of this year haven't been overwhelmingly good, and he hasn't, he's had a little bit tougher of a time staying on the court than we might have thought. Uh, yeah, just, we don't have to dig into it, but just like a, a thought to float out there when we're all talking about Polish outside hitters. I do think that there's, you know, we've we, like he was so comfortable at Zaxa. That was the club that built him. That was the club that grew him. That's the club he grew up watching. It's from the town that he's in, in his home country. And then all of a sudden you go to Italy and it's a different language. It's in a different culture. You're playing for a different team. There's there's more expectations. So I think it's just a bit, a bit of an adjustment period for him. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, that it for Poland. You want to move on? Uh, you you alluded to some some American, Canadian, like North American favorite teams earlier. Uh, we've got one that we talk about all the time. Just picked up a big win. You want to talk about Lundberg? Absolutely, Lundberg, the North American boys, the out of system boys. Look at that three nothing, a three donger against Brazil. Not Brazil. Sorry, that Very would be random. impressive though. <laughs> that would be very much impressive if we saw like a Lundberg versus Brazil matchup. You know, they just dropped that uh, out of system or don't handle the heat podcast with Bruno, so you could see it happen. But man. Just a big win from the boys uh, in blue uh, in Lundberg. and that 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 top of the table, the top of the table matches has has been really interesting um, so far with all all of those four teams uh, winning because Durin also beat Friedrichshafen this weekend. Yeah, and then Friedrichshafen beat Lundberg the week before. So I, I don't yeah. I won't claim to totally understand the way that the Bundesliga segments the top and bottom halves of the league when we get kind of this like intermittent period in between the main regular season and playoffs. I don't really understand how that format works, but it does produce like basically guaranteed good matches against all the top four in the league. And this one, I mean, Lundberg has been Lundberg has been so close to beating Berlin this year. So many times we've gone to five sets with them so many times. Finally, they get over the hump and they do it convincingly. I mean, 21, 24, 21 were the set scores. That's, yeah. That's really good volleyball. Uh, Jordan Schnitzer actually led uh, led Ludenberg in scoring with 13. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's def- definitely when I talk. Well, first and foremost, I definitely want to give the shout out to Joe Worsley. Absolutely. Because you guys got a three-dong win and you have four hitters hitting in double digits. Your team hit, fi- you guys hit 54, 54% as a team. That's pretty damn good. They only had two errors and four blocks. That's 
that's awesome. Great right? offense. Yep. Great, awesome. Great, great, awesome. Great offense. I, I love watching Joe Worsley play volleyball. I, I really do. He's so smooth. Um, he's like the little, like the type of little setter that I absolutely love. But Jordan Schnitzer with 13 points, I think he has grown so much in Lundberg. And, you know, we talked about that, that Schwartz in the middle conversation. Um, I was blown away by Schnitzer. I think we were both a little bit blown away by Schnitzer when we saw him training with the A team last summer, summer during VNL. But the stuff that he was doing with the B team last summer was absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, we've seen him come, kind of kind of come up time and time again. He was one of the most MVP players and was kind of on the regular season all star list, like the, the first team for the the Bundesliga. And I mean, this is a guy who wasn't on my Canadian radar until last year, right? His last season at, at at, at Trinity Western and has been absolutely killing it uh, in this Bundesliga for, for Lundberg. I think his block is fantastic. He s- jumps out of the gym. And to be honest, I think it's, it's, it's going to be between him and I think it's going to be him and Lucas Van Burkle starting for team Canada in the middle. You throw shorts on the right side and, and things are going to look good. Whoa, that is the take. I, 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 he's, he's, he's currently having of all the Canadian middles. He's having the best season right? Playing in a comparable league, right? Lucas Van Berkel is, is the only starter. He's playing in, in France and has been having a pretty good season for Tolkien, but he's not putting up the same numbers as, as Schnitzer is. Ashenko is the other middle who's is who's in the mix. He's up, like, he's the other guy on the court with him. And then the other guy that I would look at is Xander Ketrzynski, who's sitting on the bench for this Lundberg team, right? Yeah, so same. I would 100%. And the, of course, you, you have to c- consider Jackson Howe too, I think with a different coaching change this year, um, I, I don't know if Semyon Vuo might be as uh, as open to having someone of of Jackson House stature in the middle. So we'll we'll see. But I do think Jordan Snitcher has has raised raised his stock massively, and it's going to be very interesting to see where he plays next year because I I think he's already outgrown Lundberg and he's might have already outgrown um, the uh, the Bundesliga if not for Berlin. I think you got to be a little careful on that because, like we, t- I think we talked about it last week, the rookie effect in professional volleyball. You got to got to be able to sustain just, that just in it, sports it, in general, right? It, it is a risk. I mean, he is having a phenomenal year. He looks amazing. It is a risk to have have a great year, jump up a level of difficulty for your second year because yeah, uh, that 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 could come crashing down. I hope it doesn't because I really like Schnitzer's game. I like a slightly undersized, crazy athletic middle. That that's a that's a fun player to watch. But yeah, I'm just happy for Lundberg. I'm happy for this team finally getting one against Berlin, as they've been trying to do all year. Also, I I, I was looking at the stat sheet the other day and was got pointed out in the Discord. Since when is Ben Patch back on the Berlin roster? I think from what we've seen in the in the Discord that he's like the the just like a, a random option and like he's not even practicing with them, but it's good to see him back out there. Maybe maybe we see him in a Berlin uniform again. I I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't either. Uh, Ruben shot by the way horrible seven for twenty five two errors and and he was the outside hitter that didn't get benched for Bruin. So uh, they're basically their entire team didn't get off the bus. And somebody somebody made a good point in the chat that they 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 go to Lindbergh get three dong right after all of them bleached their hair. It looked really stupid. Yeah, that's if you're gonna do a move like that. I mean, like I remember hockey teams and like soccer teams used to do it back in the day. Uh, I was never subject to that. I think it's uh, I don't know if I like it. Um, but if you're gonna do a move, a move like that and then get three donged, yeah, I think it's just a bad look. It, it, it's 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 an absolutely bad look. Hard hard um, to disagree. 
Yeah, but uh, go, going back to this weekend, we got Duran and Lundberg going to be uh, playing at 3 p.m. Germany time. So I have no idea what that time time of the day is. Like what, 9 a.m. maybe? 8 a.m.? Uh, um, uh, uh, Eastern time. And that's going to be on Saturday. And then you got Berlin and Friedrichshafen at, at 5.30. So that'll be 11 a.m. on Sunday. So that one's going to be both matches. Both both totally. really good matches. All right. Uh, you want to want to shift our focus North American stateside a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to go VNL first, or do we want to make um, an announcement first? Let's make an announcement. Let's make an announcement. All right. We have learned that the alleged, alleged, because it's it's we we nothing's been announced yet. So as long as we as as I learned from Pat McAfee today in his uh, current. Um, <laughs> Uh, suing situation as, as he's getting sued by Brett Favre. Uh, I'd love to get your take about that uh, <laughs> off camera. Um, Brett Favre, who, it, and this is, we're talking about it because it's volleyball related. Brett Favre, uh, you know, was Laundered, under some He laundered team. a bunch of money for his daughter's university team in Mississippi. Uh, he, he, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever. But um, allegedly, it looks like the site and the host of the 2023 Norseka Championships, men's Norseka Championships, we announced the men, women's last week, is going to be in Charleston, West Virginia. Country roads, <laughs> take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia is going to be <laughs> awesome. Why, why are you so excited about this? Because when am I ever going to get a chance to go to West Virginia? And you know what? They're, they have an undefeated NCAA team right now. They just, Charleston University just made it into the, uh, the top 15 on the ABCA pool, right? I, I love it. I, I love the idea of growing the sport in a, in a place where it doesn't get a lot of play. And I think in, in my view, and I know that I know where you're going to go about this. And I, I love the idea of bringing an event like this to a small town because international events like this matter in a small town. When you bring it to a, a larger metropolis, like Shreveport, Basia city, the, the, the place that we shall, shall not be named. It just gets lost in all of it, right? There's so much going on, but when you go to the quaint little town, like Charleston, West Virginia, I really hope that the local, uh, organizing committee is going to get you know get people from the community out just like they just like Barstool does for rough and rowdy you know that's 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 what I want to see and yeah absolutely why why not it's way better than playing in that random ass like high school gym up in a gym in Colorado Springs like we had the 2018 or two, sorry 2017 North Seca Championships I don't see any difference between this and Shreveport Bossier City. I do. I, I really don't. I, I really don't. What is the point? Charleston, West Virginia? There is no volleyball community there. It is not easy to get to. It is a tiny town. There, there it's I don't I barely even know anything about it as an American. I mean it's it's certainly more on my radar than Shreveport Bossier City was. I'm not gonna say that it's that bad, but the 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 mindset from an organization like USA volleyball to put something there is the same as the mindset to put it in Shreveport, Bossier City. Remember, VNL was supposed to be played in Evansville, Indiana before COVID hit. Like the decisions like that make no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And like you know what, Rob? I'm all I'm gonna say is let's remember what happened when the VNL finals went to Chicago. 
How poorly was that event attended? Yeah, it was terrible. Right? You think Charleston, West Virginia is going to be any better? Chicago is the second best Absolutely. volleyball city in this country. 100%. But you've got an apathetic fan base. Like, the average sports fan isn't going to go to a, vo- a volleyball match in Chicago. The average sports fan is going to go to a volleyball match in Charleston, West, West Virginia. We've seen that with, with World League over the years in, in Canada when we had it out in like Summerside PEI. That was great. It was awesome. Quebec City, awesome. The only one I didn't go to, get to go to Saskatoon, and that was fantastic, fantastically attended too. You know where it sucked when we put it? Here in Toronto because it just gets lost amongst everything, right? So absolutely, you put it in a place like that, and I mean, let's hope that USAV, I mean, this is probably giving them a little bit more credit than these are. <laughs> Maybe they do a little bit of promotion. Maybe some flyers up on, on the storefronts or, or whatever. But you know what? This is an event that's going to be just a few weeks before the Olympic qualifying event. I, I think that I, I think there's 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 all the I think I, I believe in this. I, I really do. Blair Lambert, I want your opinion in the chat. I'm I'm happy that you believe in this because I don't. I, I think this is stupid. It makes no sense. There's there there is obviously a range of cities that, that you can host events at. There is a range of volleyball pockets in the United States. Um, we, we if, if if you're American, you know that the men's game is extremely popular in some little bubbles and completely completely irrelevant in some others. Charleston, West Virginia, is one of the latter. That nobody cares about volleyball there. I don't. I don't. Don't tell me that, that their university team is undefeated, which they are. I don't care about that. Uh, that is not a relevant volleyball community, and I don't. But and I don't. Tr- I don't trust it USA volleyball. Be. I do not trust USA volleyball to put it in a tiny town like that and make it a good event. I don't. They they went to Shreveport, Bossier City. What do the sports fans there have? have to do but go to an event like that when it's there that event was terribly attended and the quality of that city is just truly the worst i think charleston is a step above streetport bossier city but there's so many better places we could have gone with existing volleyball fans that might actually have men's volleyball on their radar and especially if if we don't get the a teams at that north Seca championship which i'm i think we will i'm 50 50 on that i'm not really sure i am pretty confident that Canada will be sending their 18 and there's only one Cuban team. That's true. Right. And once again, this event is just weeks before the, the, uh, the Olympic qualifiers. So yeah, it's, it's a, the perfect time to send the eight teams, right? It's, it's, it's the absolute perfect time. So, and once again, like every single one of these matches matter for rankings now, right? That's, that's an also like important thing, thing to remember. So, you know what? And I, I will, I'm just going to bring you back. To 2006, 2005. Fuck, I'm old. Um, and <laughs> a young Everett Delorum going to his first ever international volleyball games. It was the Anton Fellani Cup in Ottawa. I saw it. I loved it. I tried out for my club team the next day. Ten dudes showed up for 12 spots. I made the team. Bam, here we are. However many years later, like 15 years later. So, yes, I, I love the idea of of putting it in a small town. You know what? If you want to throw Cuba off, put them in the middle of West Virginia. They can run away there, right? What are you? You're, you're just going to run into the Appalachians, right? Like, hey, I, I, I think I think it's going to be awesome. I'm stoked. Plus the fact, like, Rob, you and I are, are most likely going to be going to these events in, in yes. one way or another. The women in Quebec City, and then the men in, in Charleston, uh, West Virginia. We are going to have some of the most authentically North American cultural events possible like these are two of the old like 
Quebec City is the oldest city in North America. Charleston, West Virginia, is is like the heart of the App- App- Appalachians, and it has history abundant. We are going to get to see some awesome parts of North America, and I'm stoked about that. Joe, I love you, but no, not in the Motor City. We saw that back in oh. 2015, and that was the brutal, like brutally intended, and you had the PVL going on right beside it. So absolutely no, we're not going to Detroit. Plus, leaving the whatever Little Caesars Arena was one of the scariest events in like <laughs> things in my, my life. Hey, I lived in Detroit for two years. That would be a significantly better place than Charleston, West Virginia. Significantly better and in 2015 the reason why nobody went to those matches who do you think you can blame for that uh i mean usa USA volleyball yeah usa volleyball they had every adult volleyball player in the country already there and none of them walked down the street to watch the freaking national team play you think that anybody's gonna go in charleston west virginia yeah because no. you know what? Bob and Sue are going to want to do something on a Friday night. And there's international volleyball in town. Have they ever seen international volleyball? No. But Dosh Garnet, I want to go see the Stars and Stripes play Cuba. You think they're I even... Wanna, I want to go see them play them communists. You're thinking that they're even going to be aware of this. And you have, you have way too much faith in USA Volleyball. Way too much faith. But maybe the local organizing committee. That's This is, this is where I think is, uh, is going to happen. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be good. I'm excited. That's I, that's all I have to say. I'm happy that you're excited, and I hope that, that some of that rubs off on me because I, I'm not thrilled so far. We'll see what happens in, if and when USAV announces and confirms this. Yeah, 100%. But you hear to hear first, Norseka Men's Championships in Charleston, West Virginia. I keep on wanting to say North Carolina because, once again, you the Americas – or sorry, the not of the Americas. America, United States of America. There's just no – you've got Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon. Charleston's all over the place. How many Washingtons do you guys have? Like, think <laughs> of something different, guys. Come on. We, hey, we only have one language to pull from for naming things unlike you guys. This, this is true. All right, you want to talk about VNL? I know Ronnie's been bothering us all episode. I think I think I think we should talk about the fact that the VNL schedule has been released. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and it's exciting. I absolutely love that the VNL uh, schedule has has been released. Looks like you've got Team USA there uh, first and foremost. So let's let's just run through. Let, let's 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 run through the men's there. R- let's Rob, do it. What you got? What you got? So this is the United States men's VNL schedule, and we've already known what teams are playing at what sites. Uh, but we have not known uh, when, like at which site, who's playing who. Because remember, yeah. there's there's eight teams at each site, but each team only plays four matches. So you don't play everybody that you're in the same spot with necessarily. Uh, so my United States men uh, take on the Netherlands to open the tournament. We have to play Namir Abdelaziz. I know he'd agree with me. Then then the following uh, the following night we take on Italy, the reigning world champions. Then we get a day off. Then uh, probably Saturday night, I'm assuming. Uh, we have the rivalry match for, for all of North America, United States versus Canada, which I'm sure Everett and I will be putting a nice wager on. And then on Sunday afternoon, United States take on Brazil. Very difficult week. A very difficult opening week for my boys. I have to say, Ottawa is going to have some banger matches. There are some, some, there are some banger, banger matches. matches. I cannot wait. Man, we got USA Italy, Canada USA, and USA Brazil. That's those, amazing. Those are three. That's bangers. amazing. Those are three. That's bangers. amazing. And we're obviously we're obviously going to be there. I, I mean, those. I mean, all four of those matches are going to be incredible. I mean, we we get to open the tournament 100%. against Namir. Come on, this is going to be sweet. 
yeah, that that's going to be awesome. Super stoked for uh, week one in Ottawa. Do we want to just go through USA? Yeah. We want to do. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's do it. Through. So yeah. next up, uh, the United States in week two goes to the Netherlands. Uh, we got Serbia. Yeah, Rotterdam. We got Serbia, then China, then a day off, then Iran, then Poland. So China's a China's a free win. But other than that, uh, yeah, I was going to say you have you have two days off between Serbia and Iran. <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, like three tough games. I mean, we lost to Iran in the preliminary round last year. We also lost to Poland in the preliminary round last year before beating them in the semifinals. And then Serbia is always a tough out. So uh, tough games there. Then last but not least, uh, Anaheim, obviously, uh, which I'm very excited to be at. And that will be the Ronnie Cuban spike game, uh, the United States versus Cuba. Uh, day off, then Argentina, then the Olympic gold medalist in France, then Bulgaria. So I think just by elimination, we don't play Germany. Mm-hmm. We don't play Japan. Japan. And there's one more team that we don't play, uh, Slovenia. So we don't, Slovenia. Play, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. play Slovenia, Germany, or Japan. That's interesting. That's like probably a mid-tier draw as far as our opponents go. But that is a lot of very, very good United States matches, especially in North America. USA-Cuba is going to be awesome. USA-France yeah. in LA, awesome. USA at Canada in Ottawa, awesome like that's gonna yeah. be incredible to be at those games and, and usa brazil is also yeah. gonna be another one you know the Bra- brazilian fans are gonna come out of the woodworks for that trust me every portuguese person in eastern ontario is gonna don a <laughs> is gonna don a, a a brazil germany a brazil jersey and and pretend they won't might not even know what volleyball is but they'll don a, a brazil soccer jersey trust me i saw it back at world league in, in 2007 we sold out the, the Hershey Center in Canada for Canada versus Brazil, and you would have thought we were in Rio. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that draw for USA is is pretty damn good. Um, all of the teams that you the, that you don't get to play are, are kind of mid level teams. It would have probably been three wins. Um, all right, let's move on to the Team Canada one. Um, our our Ottawa draw is all right. You've got two bangers, though. First and foremost, Ronnie, the fact that you're not coming to Ottawa pisses me off so That's much. I, I just want to kick insane. you out of the Discord just insane. because you're not coming. Because we have Canada versus Cuba. Game one. Tuesday Tuesday night? Wednesday it's got to be Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Tuesday night. Going to be in prime time, 7 p.m. Let's go. Canada versus Cuba. We're going to start your uh, World League or Nations League off with a loss. Uh, thank you very much. Take it easy. Bye-bye, la visite. Okay. Um, after that, it might go a little go downhill for uh, Team Canada. We know how tough it is for Canada to take on Argentina. They have been our arch nemesis for a long time. They're so skilled. Let's see what kind of roster they bring and 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 how our, our guys are playing. That's going to be a tough one. Um, of course, and you've got Canada versus USA. Historically, we always play USA really, really tough. So that that should be a fun one. Regardless, you know, like the fans are gonna show up to that one. Oh, because yeah, if, if sure. there's there's ever an easy bill to sell, it's always Canada versus USA. And then Canada versus Germany. I mean We've had this like we've had Canada versus Germany now like three times in uh, in um, Nations League. I would have loved to see someone else like Brazil is going to be there. Um, who who else is going to be at Italy in that week? Italy. Um, yeah, I don't remember the other couple. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember them either. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. We don't have a the the banger of the schedule. I think I think we can go two and two here. 
We can we can beat the, the pretenders out of Cuba. Uh, game number one. Remember, the only relevant team that they beat last year was Qatar. No matter what Ronnie said, they need to prove themselves first. Like, you guys have like what, like two wins against us in the past decade? Like, come on, you, you need to show it. It doesn't matter how how good Herrera is when Gianelli is setting him the ball. Goida is going to be out there, you know, setting doubles on quicks. Uh, so yeah, that one's going to be good. And then of course, USA, Canada, like from the reminder, uh, friendly reminder Everett that Cuba beat Turkey in the challenge cup final. And how did that match go for you at the world championship? Bro, our roster is going to be so different, right? <laughs> Turkey also <laughs> lost to Denmark. Might I remind you? So any, so anything is going to you Everett got three dogged by a team that lost to Denmark. You did, don't be forgetting that out here. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. All I know, one thing I do know is that we're going to finish up this tournament with a win. All right. As, 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 as we go down the roster, uh, next up, we're going to be heading over to Orléans, France. Uh, Ronnie, apparently you're ditching us in Ottawa to go to this garbage of a tournament. Uh, but we get, get to take on Japan, Slovenia, Bulgaria, and then of course, France. Um, this one's going to be another tough week. I think we can pull out that, that win against Bulgaria. They're another team that's going to be on the cusp of relegation. So yeah, it 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 should it should be a good one. Of course, Nikolov is is going to be in full force. But I mean, who else do they have? Like Parapunov, Antanasov. Uh, I'm not too hot hot on Bulgaria. I think that they're going to be one of the teams that are, are going to be relegated. Historically, we've generally done really really good against Japan. Not so much of late. So. Even though that one's going to be at you know seven a.m. our time, I'm I'm going to be interested interested to to see that one, and uh, Slovenia. Slovenia is beatable depending on the roster. Yeah, depending on who they've got out there. I mean, is the that golden generation going to move on and they just have Rock Mojic, Maz Mozic, uh, Gregor Ropret? You know, good question. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I I think like Team Canada is going to look much different than than they did. The, last year uh and then finally um i honestly just want to point out that terrible scheduling at the bottom there uh so they've got like what 18 hours between the finish of the 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 final match uh from poland uh then to take on china uh right off the bat uh in the philippines so that one is going to be tough both of those games are scheduled on july 8th for us north North american time but i mean when you look at that the strategy is very, very, very clear. Play 100%. the bench versus Poland. Absolutely, obviously, play. You the play bench the bench. Poland. You play the bench versus Poland, and then you take on China. I think Netherlands is hands down a, a definitely a winnable game for uh, for Team Canada. So it 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 should be a good one. I I think we can go two and two in that one uh, for sure. And I mean, overall, Canada gets a pretty good draw. They don't have to take on um don't have to take on Brazil, which is which is decent. Yeah, you don't have Brazil. You don't, don't have, have Iran. Iran, and you don't have Serbia. Serbia. Mm-hmm. So those are three like like tough games. Like we're we're we have to play all of the uh, the the lesser teams. Let's let's say which is which is good for our relegation race because that's that is the the name of the game. I do think that I mean we're gonna do previews a little bit later once we get closer to the VNL. I think when you look at this roster and you look at the way some of these guys are playing, you know, we met, mentioned Arthur Schwartz and Schnitzer Lepke. We're gonna talk to him next week. Has been having, you know, he's the number one left side in in Italy so far this year. Scoring wise, is having the best year of of his career. He he is the top scoring left side in Italy. You go true? look it up. Hundred percent. It absolutely is. 
Bean Dog, where are you at? My Finnish stat master. Um, yeah, Lepke has been having a career year. He is the the top scoring left side in Italy this, this year, right? Okay. So, and you've got two Canadians in the top 20 of scoring, and like Megarejo is the closest one in like 29th. So, suck it, Ronnie. Um, <laughs> see, this is why I wish Ronnie was coming because you know no. that you know that 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 like if Ronnie was coming, all we would do for that one is just put him and I in seats beside each other and a camera facing us, and it would be gold. That'd you, be electric it, content. You, you know it would be gold. It, it, it would be amazing. Um, All right. Yeah, I, speaking, of, speaking of absolute softball teams, I've got the Canadian women's schedule up now, and look who you get to play the first week in Turkey. You get Korea. Congratulations on your free win. Absolutely. We get Korea, and we, we got well, was it a three-dong or three-one against Thailand at the, at the World Championships. So I think that one's a good one. Historically, we play Poland really, really tough. And then we got Serbia. That, that, that one's going to be a tough one, the, the yeah. defending uh, champions. But who knows? Maybe they just don't send Boscovich and Co. And maybe we get to deal with the B team that still finished third last year. But That's actually very possible, especially week one. There's a great chance they don't play the starters. Yeah, 100%. So it's 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 going to be interesting, but I'm really excited for this women's uh this women's run for uh VNL for for Team Canada. We saw our highest finish ever at the World Championships last year. We had a bunch of players playing in in fantastic league, so it's going to be good. Week 2 heading over to Hong Kong, um China, and that one's going to be a toss up depending on what what that roster looks like. Bulgaria, Turkey, who once again, we have a pretty good uh pretty good track record against. We beat them last year and the Dominican Republic. So yeah, I, I I think that's when that's going to be a, a good draw. I definitely think that we can go, go three and one that week. I think maybe. I think we can we can go three and one there for sure. Turkey is going to be a little bit tougher now that they have Santorelli. Maybe he can work some magic and figure out Karakuts. But if not, I think Melissa Vargas is now eligible to play for Turkey. So that's going to be interesting too. And I think that might have a, a you know a, a, an effect on some things. Um, so we too in uh, for the VNL for the women it's looking pretty good. It's going to be at some terrible times for us North Americans, but still. Yeah, really bad uh, and then the same thing is going to happen once again for week three. And you know what? Week three, Croatia coming out of relegation or not a relegation coming out of the Challenger Cup. They did not look good at the World Championships last well, year. Terrible. So I think we can take that one easily. Brazil, Italy. I mean, it is what it is. Maybe we take our losses there. And then the Netherlands, you know what? I think the Canadian women can go above 500 this tournament. I really, really do, especially especially with the, the roster. Because we don't have to play Team USA. Lucky. So that's amazing. No Team USA, which which is awesome. Who else are we not playing? Um, uh, Germany. Germany, okay. That, that one could have been And Japan. Been and I think Japan, yeah. Okay. But still no Team USA, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, the, the, I mean, there I, I wouldn't say there's any possible way the Canadian men can make the, v, the can make the top eight playoffs for VNL, but the Canadian women, whoa, whoa, whoa. I do think there's a chance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You you think the Canadian hey. men are making the playoffs? Not a chance. I'm not. On I, well, well, that's not what I said. But I'm not going to go out here and say there's no possible chance. I will. Right. Hey, the game still got to play. The ball's got to fly. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We Once will. again, uh, Canadian women with a good draw, though. Uh, I, I like that for the Canadian women. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I really do too. It sucks. No uh, VNL in just no VNL in not even North America, but or no, is there a weekend in Brazil? No, uh, it's no. I think Turkey, 
uh, where's the other? Oh, there is a Brazil. There, Brazil's mm-hmm. week, uh, week two. Yeah, and which is tough. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but other than, other than that, it's all in Eastern Asia. So let's look at the let's look at the United States here. I think this thing, did this website, mess up my schedule. Let's see. Uh, well, if this is to be believed, uh, week one in Turkey, we start off against the reigning world champions. That's going to be sweet. Uh, depends on the Serbian roster, obviously. But uh, <laughs> Serbia and Italy, first two matches of the tournament before a free win versus Korea. Uh, that'll be a very legitimate test of my United States women's team, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Then uh, Turkey as well at home, at home for them. Uh, hostile environment. So this is not an easy week uh, for the U.S. I, I think that seeing this Karch will probably have to bring a lot of the starters and hope that teams like Serbia and Italy do not. And that's possible. So maybe, maybe this yeah. is like a week one men's situation like last year where I thought our men were going to go Oh, and four and they go down to Brazil, go four and Oh, somehow. So um, maybe something special happens here. Obviously we'll beat Korea. Uh, we could, we certainly could beat Turkey on the road, but uh, that's a hostile environment and Serbia, Italy is going to depend on rosters. Uh, week two, we're going to Brazil. Uh, Croatia, that's a win. Thailand, that's a win. Japan, depends. We usually handle their play style pretty well, uh, but Japan's really good. And I, I'd say that's a win. I, I would like to think that's probably a win. And then Brazil in Brasilia. Uh, you never know about that one. And for some reason, this website's, awesome. this website's not loading week three. I wonder if they don't have a, 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 a schedule for week three for one of the sites. So unfortunately, it's not telling me who the who the four opponents are for the U.S. women in week three. That's annoying. Because isn't that the, the last one supposed to be like Hong Kong? No, Hong Kong's week two. I think it's um, I think it's Japan, maybe? No. All right, fine. Make me scroll all the way down. Uh, there's the Arlington one. Okay, Korea. Week three is in Korea, and all, all the, the scheduling is all TBD. So they haven't... Man, you... That. Come on, volleyball world. Why do Brutal. we keep giving Korea a pass? Brutal. What's going on? Brutal. Seriously. Brutal. They What's won like four. Here? They won like three sets last year, and then we give them a host, and now they don't even give us a schedule. Come on. Yeah, this is insane. Tar shit. <laughs> Boomers in trench coats. Well, uh, oh, so man. Like not to well, mention they like put a bad light on volleyball with their whole bullying scandal and they kicked their two best players off the team for something they did in eighth grade. Like, come on, Korea, you're just embarrassing us out here. Yeah, that's bad. Really, really bad. Figure so, it out. Figure it out. Well, maybe maybe we'll get a schedule for that. Maybe we won't. But uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, the U.S. women will be playing at least in some fashion in the VNL finals at home in Texas. Uh, it would be um, well. Obviously, we we're gonna play in it, getting the host spot. But as long as we finish top eight, we'll get the one seed, and that's uh, gonna be an interesting thing to see how Karch plays around with throughout the VNL preliminary round. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the women's team. They're gonna get some tests. Uh, who the heck knows what's going on in that Korea leg week three? I think that's embarrassing that we don't already know that, but uh, whatever. So that's the VNL schedule. Obviously, we'll talk more about it when the tournament comes closer. But uh, it's all or most of it is on the website right now, so you can go look up uh, your team if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love and hate VNL. <laughs> I love like you. We already know why I hate it. Yeah, but I also love it. It's I love just it too. weeks, especially with this new format. You've only got one day without volleyball. Yeah, it's of, only the Mondays. I've, it's I've, only you know, the Mondays. Yeah. Host city of Korea is Suwon, which I'm not familiar with. 
and they don't have a schedule posted there yet, so that's annoying. Uh, yeah, go check out the VNL schedule um, if you're interested in your team. We'll obviously talk more about it when uh, like when rosters are starting to be named. Uh, but it's nice to be able to have national team volleyball on the horizon. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It's going to be a big summer with a lot of national team volleyball going on. We have the VNL. We've got. Um, you know, continental championships and we got the Olympic qualifiers. So there's going to be plenty of things going to be going on in international volleyball. I'm stoked. You're stoked. We're all stoked together. Speaking, speaking of things we know nothing about Olympic qualifiers. When are we going to figure out a schedule and some host sites for that tournament? Come on. I mean, Hey, as someone pointed out, we know where the finals for like the 20 or we know where the European championships are going to be held. For, on the men's side, but we don't know where the Champions League finals are going to be hit. <laughs> uh, volleyball. Boom, trench coats. Volleyball. Woo! Unbelievable. Well, yeah. you know what entity is not run by boomers in trench coats, Everett? Uh, that, that would be the one on my shirt here. That would be the Volleyball League of America. So, for, oh, fortunately... It was the NVA. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to cut that out of the show. Uh, we we do not talk about that organization. We talk about this one, uh, the VLA, in its second of five weekends of volleyball in a row. This one was in Connecticut. Um, good one where the East Division kicked off their season. The reigning champions, Team LVC, out of upstate New York, went undefeated. No surprise there. Uh, Boston bounced right in the middle. Uh, Northeast Force out of Connecticut, 0 and 4. They did get a point. And the way that they got that point, Everett, was very interesting because uh, the first match on Saturday was uh, Northeast Force against Team LVC. Uh, it was tied one to one. It was late in the third set, and we had a first for the VLA. We had an official protest. Wow! C- uh, tell me more. You've uh, been uh, like, you've like, what was the scenario? What was the situation? What happened? You've been milking. You just keep on telling me that there was a protest. Was so what protest? happened? Break break it down. What, what okay. led to the protest? So it was 24-22 in the third. Again, tied one-to-one. It was 24-22 in the third. The Northeast Force had set point at 24-22, trying to go up two-to-one. Um, so they were serving. Team LVC sided out to make it 23-24, right? So Team LVC serving. Northeast Force had set point. Northeast Force called timeout just to organize their side out before uh, reception and uh, against like having a set point chance in reception. You got to take advantage of that, right? Problem is they already used both their timeouts, so uh, they they called they called the they called the third timeout, which you cannot do. And what is supposed to happen when you call a third timeout is you're supposed to get the yellow card on the back of the official's hand like this. Oh yeah, you're right for the for a delay warning. It's supposed to be a delay warning, right? That is not a point to the other team, unless it's not the first time that you've done that. All all, all that's supposed to happen is you call a third timeout. The official's supposed to go, ha, you idiot. You don't have three timeouts. You already use them both. Here, take this. Uh, the, the delay yellow card is is put in the score sheet, but nothing really happens. Uh, nobody gets a point. Nobody changes Which is serve. stupid. What do you mean? You, you want to penalize people for calling three timeouts? 100%. <laughs> if, well, you're, if you're that much of a stooge that you can't figure out how many how many timeouts you've used... Like that's like, isn't it, isn't it a technical foul in basketball? It is a technical foul in basketball. Right. I, so yeah, I agree that it's dumb. It's definitely dumb to call three timeouts. And you, you if, you, if you're that much of an idiot, absolutely. You should lose a point. Well, uh, that was the thing is because you are not supposed to lose a point within the rules, but a point was put on the scoreboard and incorrectly. So, so the scoreboard showed 24, 24 when it was actually 24, 23. 
So what happened then was the Northeast Force sided out, and the, the scoreboard said 24-24, 25-24, excuse me. It, the set should have been over. It should have been 25-23. And instead, the scoreboard showed a one-point game. It was extra points. Got to win by two. We played a few more points. Team LVC ended up winning, or they thought they won the third set, like 29-27 or something like that. But the Northeast Force protested. Uh, they protested that, they, that Team LVC should not have been given a point because of a delay warning. They were correct. They were given set number three, 25-23. They led two to one. Team LVC took the fourth set easily. Team LVC won the match in five. But uh, it was an official protest, the first in VLA history, and they were correct, and they did get a point out of it, their only point on the weekend. So I thought it was very interesting. It was, uh, it was kind of a chaotic moment, for, especially for me on the broadcast, but uh, another box to check for the VLA, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for a little bit more. I wanted some more fireworks. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted to like like a big protest, maybe a bit of a fight. Oh, there was like plenty. That. There was plenty of arguing, especially from Team LVC. There was plenty of arguing, but uh, uh, the the decision was made above me. I had to get my boy Vince on the call, who was in Phoenix at the time. He was watching, and he's like, "Yep, that set should be over." Uh, Northeast Force takes it, and LVC didn't like it, but uh, the right call was made after an official protest. So I had never even been part of one of those before, never even at like the junior level or anything. So that was a first for me. I've seen a few at like club levels yeah. before, um, but yeah, and like, and I know, in, like in the OVA, like Volleyball Canada, you need to like pay if you're gonna like if you're gonna officially protest. There's a there's a, a like a fee you have to pay and if you win the really? protest you get your money back okay so it's like a yeah. challenge kind of where if you, if you yeah because like they don't want they don't want it. like if you if you officially protest it like they want there to be like we want you to think about it you know right so yeah you can't be just throw it out official protests like yeah exactly deal. uh so yeah that was an interesting one but like team, team lvc walked walked out of there clearly looking like the best team they didn't even have all their weapons uh now that one event in every division in the vla has been played we've got a pretty decent look at the league standing so far uh, i've got the rising tide out of the west coast with that one uh, cup series tournament win they're sitting pretty at five and oh lvc four and oh not far behind them a uh, bunch of teams uh, with some pretty good points per match played averages, and then um, Force and Swede at the bottom of the standings right now. But a lot of good volleyball in the VLA and not slowing down because this weekend we're going back out west. We're going to Phoenix, Arizona, um, rising tide in their first action since winning the West Division Cup. Uh, Ascension, the, the Arizona team in a home game, took third at that tournament, so they're pretty good. And the West Coast Brigade, a Tier 2 team out of uh, Orange County, is driving out east uh, to complete that field. So more volleyball for the VLA this weekend. It's going to be cool. All right. You're not going to be at that one, though, right? I will not. No, my buddy's getting married in Milwaukee, which is an hour drive away from me in Chicago. So I'll be at that following along on YouTube, just like the rest of us. Fair enough. Um, Rob, there was uh, an exciting piece of American volleyball news that was announced today that we didn't make it into the show notes. Did you see this announcement? Yeah. Is it Jason Derulo owning a professional volleyball team? (laughs) Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason uh, Derulo. <laughs> he performed at the like the whatever Super Bowl tailgate um, this weekend, and yes, it looks like he's going to be owning or a part owner of the Nebraska uh, Pro Real Pro Volleyball League. There's man, it's an exciting time for professional volleyball in the United States right now because you've got so many competing leagues, and that just like. It, competition creates a lot of quality and it's going to be the, the survival of the fittest and it looks like you've got some some big money on one side and some big money on another side i actually reached out to to real pro vb to be like yo 
can I get an interview with someone? Like, can we chat about it? Like, what's your model? How are we going to do this? I heard that their base salary for athletes is going to be like 74, 74 grand. grand a year. I've, I, I cannot believe that. That is a, an unsustainable if, if, amount of money. Well, not if you've, but like, they've got like Joe Burrow investing. Right. And, and they've got Jason Derulo. Like they've got millionaires investing in this. Right. So I like, Hey, I want to know with a price tag like that, how many players are going to come running home from playing in Europe? Because you know that there's not many, there's not many players making three figures, right? Six. No, very few. Uh, Sorry, yeah. six. Yeah. It, I'm fascinated to see it. Yeah, I don't know very much about real pro volleyball. They only have two franchises announced so far, one in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then the other in Omaha, Nebraska, like we like we learned today. It's got some <laughs> Blair dropping uh, everyone in the comments either All right now. Or, don't speak the language yeah, in the comments, <laughs> right in the comments right now or after the episode is over in the comments afterwards. Drop your favorite Jason Derulo lyric because there are some really dumb ones out there. Uh, well, yeah, what a unique character to have like kind of as an ancillary face in the volleyball world, Jason Derulo of all people. I was not expecting that headline today, but yeah, this real pro volleyball organization looking to start in 2024. And then their main competitor seems like it's going to be this league one volleyball, which hasn't set a start date. And in the background, there's still athletes unlimited. So there's three competing entities on the women's side and two competing entities on the men's side, all for professional volleyball. It's pretty wild. I don't think I really don't think Athletes Unlimited is going to stay around. Much I agree. Longer, I agree. Right, like the way that it's set up, at least for volleyball, maybe because they they do it yeah, the same way for their other sports. Yeah, it's not it's not sustainable for volleyball. I agree with you there. Yeah, hundred percent. But man, there was a battle between League One volleyball and Real Pro VB is going to be awesome because once again, and I, I may remind you this, but you know, there's there was two basketball entities. The right. ABA and the NBA. There was two hockey entities, and there's even more than that when you want to go back to the beginning of it. There was multiple baseball entities. There's multiple football entities. Whenever there's competing leagues, it's only going to breed competition. It's only going to make things better, right? It's it's a worry when there's only one, right? It's a, it's a worry to me when there's only one. So the fact that you've got two, and I mean, remember, it's like Kevin Durant and, and other people, and they've got like bonafide business people running League One on the other side. I absolutely love this. I think that the next decade for women's volleyball in the USA is going to be absolutely gangbusters. And I cannot wait for it. There's going to be so much opportunity for, for growth in, in North America. And it, it's, it's going to change a lot of things. I hope so. I hope that some of these efforts are sustainable because I know there's a lot of money behind a couple of them, but we've, we've seen this in volleyball so many times, just the things burn out like a shooting star when they start with a big splash event and there's not a, there, there, there's not revenue immediately. You're, you're relying on sponsors. That that's a fragile business situation. You got to be careful of that. And I hope that uh, one on either side, men's and women's in the states, survives and does it right. And uh, the women, I mean, the men's, the two men's organizations have been around for a little while now. Uh, the women's are starting with a hell of a lot more money, but uh, a lot less history and foundation. I would argue. So I'm fascinated to see how it goes. Uh, I'm, I, I really am. Yeah, uh, Jenna Rosenthal one of the, the most recent people coming out to say that she's in on on uh, Real Pro Volleyball. Okay, so, I hey. don't really know that name. I know Tori Dilfer is doing it because her dad's one of the investors. That's no surprise. Yeah, I mean, she's from Milwaukee. So what's going on here, Rob? Oh. That's just up the road. You're going to Milwaukee this weekend. Why don't yeah. you know her? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know everybody. 
All right, but yeah, as as I said, it's, it's gonna be exciting. Lots of lots of men. You got Norseka Women's Championships in Canada, Norseka Men's Championships in Charleston, West Virginia. Wow, that's awesome. If there was time, I really hate that they're back to back. I wish that there was like a week in between. Because man, I would hundred percent like you could you could fly to Toronto. We would drive up to Quebec City together. And then we could drive to West West Virginia together. That'd be awesome. We could just pack it in on the minivan. It'd be awesome. I'm not interested in any of that. I would love to fly to these places. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see when this West Virginia thing gets confirmed. I'm not as high on it as you are. I'm stoked. I think it's going to be <laughs> awesome. All right. That was a really long show today. It, it wasn't supposed to be. It just happens. It just, just it happens that it happens that way sometimes. Happens that way sometimes. All right, uh, guys, make sure to check out uh, all of the Champions League matches t- tomorrow. And if you can, donate to save the children to help the situation uh, in Turkey. Um, of course, if you're a member of the Discord, um, you know that it's been a little bit heart wrenching to go into the Turkey section because it's usually one of our most lively servers that we have on on the Discord and. Recently, it's been a little somber. Uh, so make sure you guys check out those matches on the CEV YouTube page uh, tomorrow. Um, but other than that, have a have a great weekend, Rob. Have a great wedding. And uh, it's not your wedding yet. Uh, but uh, in, in, enjoy it. And uh, we will see you guys next, next week, same time, same place. You know it. Happy Valentine's Day, boys and girls. Thanks for watching. We love you all. We'll leave you with this. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs>